2: I've never seen that in my life. Do it again. Do it again.
0: Ho, 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 ho. Santa Claus is here. Huddle up.
1: You got to build the foundation, man. That's what we're doing here.
2: What's going on, Raider Nation? Micah here, bringing you another episode of the Behind the Eye Patch Podcast. Of course, if you've listened to this podcast before, I am not alone. Tyler, man, how are you doing? Putting out fires. Putting out fires? Like, are you, you, like, in a suit? Like, are you, like, you know, part of a bucket, water bucket train, you know, and you're, like, passing buckets along, you know, to a house? Is that what's going on from a, you know, from a pump?
0: I wish I was. Uh, I wish it was that easy. No, my wife's car needs new tires, and I just, I was on the phone and anyway we got a little bit behind we got an awesome uh guest on the show tonight i feel bad because i was like trying to you know talk with my dad about tire prices and such tires are expensive micah it sucks being an adult so to put on (laughs) new tires on my wife's car it's a subaru outback you're looking about seven hundred and fifty-three to eight hundred dollars. Yeah, and I'm yeah. just not—I'm not a grown-up yet, so I don't know. I—it it sucks.
2: You know, we threw tires on my wife's uh, wife has a Jeep Liberty, and uh, we threw some tires on that bad boy. It cost about six hundred bucks. So yeah, I feel your pain as far as you know. It's one of those things. It's like you know your your vehicle needs shoes, man. But uh, it's one of those things. It's like ah, man, I I hate paying for this. I'm not one of those people that you know. I, I have a truck myself. I'm not one of those vehicle people where I'm like, you know, putting lift kits on it and, you know, fog lights and et cetera. And, you know, get all jacked for something like new tires. You know, it's more of a necessity for me. So it's one of those things that, you know, I just I'm not like, oh, you know, baby, check out these sweet tires I just put on your vehicle. You know, it's, it's one
0: <laughs> look of those eight hundred. Like, look at this $800 worth of rubber that's right on the road and goes away
2: right and i i, I just i'm not one of those people i'm just kind of like well we got it taken care of you know i don't how how long do tires last don't they last like five six years usually or something yeah like that. something like that so i'm like well until you know well we got that taken care of until you're 30 you know or whatever so actually we'll probably end up selling it before we end up uh actually <laughs> having to put new tires on it but anyhow anyhow well sounds like you were pretty tired of putting tires on see what i did there I Do see everything. what
0: you did there. Very good. <laughs> hey, nice you. little play on words.
2: We're I'm pretty excited for uh, today's interview. We've got B.D. Williams from uh, Silver and Black Pride coming on, giving us his insights on the draft, on free agency. I'm pretty psyched about that, but before we get to that, Raider Nation, as always, you can find us and this podcast on just about any platform that you listen to podcasts on. iTunes uh help me out here tyler where else where else can you find this that
0: soundcloud you can find like our first episodes on soundcloud but they cost an outrageous amount and i i have said before i'm a cheapskate so um (laughs) no you can find us on itunes you can find us on spotify you can find us on stitcher you can also find us on google play and you can also find us on uh podcasts.com and they also have an app. I don't recommend it. It's probably best listen through uh, the ones that I I mentioned before.
2: Nice. And Raider Nation, we would love, love, love if you would leave us a review. Tyler, we're up to like three or four, five. St- well, we have three or four written reviews in all five stars on iTunes, and we have ten total last time I checked five star reviews through iTunes. So Raider Nation. We'd love for you to drop us a line. Leave us some of your feedback. And, uh, uh, you know, Tyler, I think I think it's about time maybe we put up a little contest or something like that. Maybe send out some free merch uh, for those those who uh, will go and write us up a review on uh, on iTunes or Google Play or wherever they consume actually, their podcast.
0: We're, we're actually up to uh, 12 five-star reviews now wow. this week. I think we had like five or six last week, so we yeah. doubled that.
2: That's awesome. That's awesome. So Raider Nation, we appreciate it. Much love. Thank you so much for the support. We're just gonna keep this 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 train rolling all the way to Vegas, man. We're gonna keep it rocking and rolling. We have we have not we still haven't been at this for three hundred and sixty five days yet. So we're pretty excited uh, at uh, the content we've been able to put out and how how much everybody's been enjoying the content. So again, thank you so much for that. As always, we encourage Raider Nation to get in on the show with us. You know, as the season was going on. We ended up having, you know, several voicemails. We got quite a few call-ins as the season was going on. Um, but you know, that's not done. Keep giving us a call. 208-557-9771's the number. Leave us a voicemail. We'll play it back on this very podcast, which gets loads of listen time. We'll just put it that way. Millions. To the millions. Did I say that right, Tyler? Yep. Okay, the I like millions. it. Millions. And uh we want to hear from you. Bring your questions, your comments, your concerns. We'll play it back here, and we will answer it to the best of Tyler and I's ability. So we definitely want to hear from you guys and uh, um, and what you have to say. Again, that number is 208-557-9771. Um, also, you can find us on Twitter, at Behind iPatch. Follow us on Facebook as well. Just search for the uh, page behind the eye patch on Facebook, putting up polls there weekly. Also, uh, giveaways and our shout outs as well. And obviously, so, you know, just, just find us on any of those formats. We love interacting with Raider Nation. If you don't want to leave us a voicemail, shoot us a personal message, either via Facebook, via Twitter, and uh, we'll read your question. You can remain anonymous if you want. Most everybody who is on Twitter is anonymous anyway. Um, uh, But we'd love to read it back, and and we could talk about it. We could discuss it on the pod here and now, so you don't have to call in if you don't want to. So, anyhow, with that being said, Tyler, you got some shout-outs for us this week.
0: I sure do, and the shout-outs this week are brought to you... um What's the word that you use, Micah? Um, unofficially? Uh, we're not sponsored. What is that What is that, that you say?
2: Uh, unofficial sponsors.
0: Yes. Our unofficial sponsor, the shout-outs, is brought to you via Taco Bell and their new Mountain Dew Baja Blast Zero. Um, y'all know I'm a fan of zero-calorie drinks, and uh, so this is the new... Baja Blast come out in zero Kcals. So, let's get on with the shout-outs. Tonight on the show, we've got Brian Boone, Joy Marie Kittinos. I hope I said that right. Joy, actually, um, I don't know if she was married to uh, the Twos, John Matusik, uh, but she followed us this week. Um, Travis Rayfield, who is a special... Uh, special Olympian Athlete. So Special Olympics. He participates in the in the uh athletics in that. Awesome. Blitz Blitz chick uh from the Wolf Pack Nation podcast. Love uh, it. Uh Laker David. Jimmy Winkovich. Return to Greatness. Raider Paul Twenty Seven. JW at W U R M thirteen and RaiderNationNews.org Thank you guys uh, for the follows this week and we had quite a few uh, new people on the Facebook page the Facebook side of things didn't we Micah?
2: Yeah, we did, man. We're really blowing up. We're around about 120 followers. Again, for those of you who don't know, we just started this this past year. I mean, like I said, we're not 365 days into this yet. I think we came out with this, oh, heck, probably first part, middle of July, if I'm not mistaken, Tyler. Or it might have been the first week of the season.
0: It was the first week of the season. First week of, first of the season. One.
2: Yeah, so that so was September. That was the pilot episode. So we've been going strong since then and uh, trying to just create better content, more content, As always, we keep it family-friendly and political-free on the Behind the Eye Patch podcast. We are proud of that, and we will continue to do so. Um, So that's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, uh, you know, without further ado, man, let's get into this interview. Let's talk some free agency. Let's talk draft because, dang it, the draft's like, I mean, we're straight up like three weeks away from the draft now. So I'm getting pretty excited. In fact, three weeks from tomorrow. We're recording on Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. So without further ado, B.D. Williams from Silver and Black Pride. Greater Nation, we are super excited this week to have B.D. Williams on the podcast with us. Williams writes for Silver and Black Pride. Does a myriad of other things. Williams, man, how are you doing?
1: Great, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it.
2: Man, we're excited to have you on. We appreciate you making time for us and the nation here today. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. You, I see you write for Silver and Black Pride. Um, so Raider Nation can find you there. Uh, where, where, where can the nation find you, man? You're on Twitter, obviously. You have any other platforms that you've yeah got
1: um. Yeah, you, you can find me on Twitter at, at @bdwilliams18. My Twitter handle is d we, d, d will skills. Um. Yeah, I, I write for Silver and Black Pride. Um. I, you know, I I love to break down tape, watch a lot of football. Uh, I'm also a coach, so um. I you know I coach uh, high school and middle school sports. Um. So you know, sports has always been my passion. I actually live. Uh, on the East Coast, I came uh, out to the East Coast from California, where I grew up, uh, to play college football, uh, and I've just been stuck around here ever since, you know, trying to figure out a way to get back to the uh, brighter side of the country, but haven't made my <laughs> way back yet.
2: <laughs> nice. So what, where did, sorry, position, Tyler, you go oh, back. I'm
0: sorry.
1: I, I'm just going to go off of that. What, what position did you play in college football, BD? Uh, I, played, uh, I played free safety. Uh, nice. most. Special teams, Um, you know, it wasn't uh, something that uh, I was able to get on the field too much, and I ended up getting injured a lot. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I learned a lot um, playing college football, obviously, and uh, it's something that's always been a passion for me. So uh, after I got done playing, I just became kind of a student uh, of the game, learned as much as I can uh, from all the resources that you can find online, things like that. So, yeah. Nice. And he does know a lot. I I followed. I
0: started following BD with our behind the eye patch account. I don't know, probably a couple months ago. And he's you've got a lot more video stuff coming out recently. There there's uh, he's got some good breakdowns of Antonio Brown. Uh, just about every free agent that we have signed, you've got some good film on those guys. So I I as a I never, I mean, playing college ball was like not even on my radar. So <laughs> congratulations, number one, for that. Number two, uh, you have awesome breakdowns. So Raider Nation, make sure you go check out uh, Mr. D. Will skills and his breakdowns of most of the free agents that we have signed this off season. So why don't we, you, we ready to go? I'm yeah, ready man. to go.
2: I, I, you know, kind of segueing off of that, Tyler, Williams, man, speaking of free agency, let's put Antonio Brown to the side right now. Who is your favorite signing in the free agency, minus AB?
1: Okay, yeah, uh, it's, that's a really easy one for me. LaMarcus Joyner from the Rams. I wow. Think, really, um, a, a really talented football player. He was uh, pretty highly touted um, going into high, uh, coming out of high school to Florida State. He was an All-American defensive back at Florida State. He played everywhere in their secondary and he's continued that versatility uh, as a pro. He's started as a nickelback early on his, in his career. And um, when Sean McVay and um, Wade Phillips came and took over for the L.A. Rams, um, they moved him free uh, to a free safety full time. And he's shown that he can do it all and he can be an impactful starter. So I, I think he uh, is going to be a very interesting, uh, the way he's fit into the defense, but he's definitely going to make an impact.
2: Awesome, you know, and that's kind of a name I feel like that's gotten kind of lost in the shuffle a little bit. Obviously, with the A.B. signing, uh, Big Brown on the end there for Oakland as well. Uh, but that's been a position. I mean, Raider Nation knows really well uh, I, when it comes to uh, pass pro. Oakland has been mediocre, and that that might be really uh, a positive uh, yeah, saying I, mediocre. Right.
1: Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> so, um, but that was one of those those signings that obviously, you know, back in the day we've seen, you know, he's got good tape. He's one of those players, for whatever reason, just seemed like he had a down year last year. Obviously, Rams cutting him loose. So Oakland scooping that up. We need help at that position. And so I'm super jacked that Oakland went out in free agency, picked that up. Tyler, man, I'm going to put the same question to you really quickly. Putting A.B. aside, so Williams likes joiner. Who do you like in free agency so far minus A B? Hmm.
0: I'm putting um, you on the spot here. Is what's happening. I know. You know, if if Trent Brown can be a force at either of the tackle positions, we're paying him enough. I think he's gotta be my favorite signing of the offseason just because I'm I, we haven't had a very good set of tackles like bookend tackles for a while so i'm hoping him and miller can be those bookends that we have not had for a long long time so i'm i'm excited about him if he can continue the uh production he had in new england uh last year if he can keep that rolling if that makes sense
2: yeah yeah, that makes sense. You know, one of the kind of, you know, so we have Joyner, we've got Brown. One of the guys I like, and I just want to float this out there, um, J.J. Nelson. I, I'm kind of psyched about that signing just a little bit just because I haven't been a huge fan of uh, Seth Roberts. I mean, you know, he kind of had that stint there for a while that, you know, he he was a solid playmaker. But it seems like the last couple of years, it just that that – that position's kind of left a lot to be desired, in my opinion. So I'm excited to see. I mean, is that not an Al Davis pick or what? JJ Nelson. So I mean, he's smiling down from heaven, like hallelujah. <laughs> so I'm excited to see how that works out. Uh as far as maybe sliding him in the slot position and seeing what kind of production we can get out of there, especially now with Cook gone. Um, and and getting into that, let's 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 go on the opposite side of the coin there. What's been the most disappointing free agency move that you've seen uh, the Raiders make this offseason Williams? Um, I would say just the lack of attention at
1: defensive end. Um, yep. They obviously they're attacking free agency pretty aggressively, uh, made a whole bunch of signings. So it's not like where the Raiders are strapped for cash. Right. But, uh, um, you know, the fact that They only added one uh, defensive end, Josh Morrow, from New York Jets. He's not a a pass rusher. He's a run-stopping defensive end. Um, You know, it's kind of questionable what's happening at that position. You know, there's only two defensive ends on the roster right now. You know, the NFL team is going to go into the regular season with five defensive ends on the roster. So (laughs) there's still a whole bunch of guys that haven't, you know, yet materialized for them at that position. So I think it's... Kind of an eyebrow razor, Not sure why exactly um, that, that's happened, but it's uh, definitely cause for some concern. I would say.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree there. Tyler, who do you got, man? What, what's the most disappointing? Disappointing free agency move so far for Oakland. Mine is going to be the
0: lack of a move, and that is why have we not yet released Seth Roberts? <laughs>
2: That That is figured my... out here, Raider Nation. We're not huge Seth Roberts fans here. I and I know that I'm might sorry, go against the grain Seth. a little bit, but...
0: No, I, I'm wondering why the man still is going to make $4.5 million up to this point this year. I, I just, I don't understand. Once again, he must have dirt on somebody somewhere, and that's why he's still got to be on the team. That <laughs> where he's a good blocker, I... I will. I he guess' he's a but a good blocker, decent yeah. blocker for what but, it uh,
1: sounds like for with Seth Roberts, it sounds like he's one heck of a practice player um just from all the reports that I've heard it seems like every training camp you hear about Seth Roberts turning heads and making all these plays, and it just rarely ever happens in a actual <laughs> game yeah. necessarily. Uh, but it really it really sounds like he he's a heck of a practice player. Um, and so maybe that's one of the reasons why he's still there. I think all the um wide receiver additions, you know, the cream was gonna rise to the top. So we're right. really see it last year. Seth Roberts making the roster when um, I mean, aside from Jordy Nelson, you know, obviously Amari Cooper was the guy early on, but right. there really wasn't that much to go off of outside right. of those two. Now it's this is really We're going to find out if Seth Roberts is, you know, uh, a Raider this offseason. I wouldn't be surprised if he got cut before the training camp even starts. Um, But I I would say he would have a hard time making this roster just with all the additions. I'm not sure if you guys uh, picked up on this, but the Raiders also signed Ryan Grant today, who's a receiver, kind of a journeyman wide receiver. I would say probably a little bit of an upgrade from Seth Roberts. Works the middle really well. Um, solid route runner. He's, I mean, he's not nothing, nothing spectacular in that front. But right. uh, I think he's a pretty tough guy, and so I think he could fill that Seth Roberts fourth, fifth wide receiver on the roster kind of uh, position uh, pretty well.
2: Okay, I, yeah, mean, I like visited, that because
1: I he didn't hear about that as far, as
2: far as for yeah, and I didn't hear about that as far as uh, uh, his you know having kind of a flashy training camp because I was always wondering, especially last year. Why in the world do we still have Seth Roberts? But that makes sense. If if, if you know, if he's turning heads in the offseason, you know, that I guess that makes a little bit of sense now. So thank you for shedding some light on that because I've been scratching my head over here going, what in the world? So and we're gonna get to the receiver position here in just a minute when we segue into the draft. I have to give you my opinion though. At first, I didn't like the Osemele trade. Um, everybody was complaining about, and we touched on this last week. You know, he's often injured. We broke it down. He's been out of like six games in three years. I don't in my opinion, that's not an often injured player. Just happened to have a down year last year. Um, But at the end of the day, we had the money and we weren't able to bring Cook in. And I was a little I was really bummed about that just because I I felt like I mean, yeah, we have a B. But I feel like just like any kind of relationship, I think it's going to take time to develop with Carr. And, and, and Cook already has that relationship with Carr. I thought great safety blanket, somebody that, I mean, obviously Carr is familiar with. I I thought that would have been a fantastic addition. I mean, Cook and AB there. Uh, That's a one-two punch because Cook, I mean, was basically our number one threat, you know, throughout the rest of the season after, after Cooper was gone. So um, was bummed we weren't able to bring him back, but he fetched a pretty good penny, if I'm not mistaken, from the Saints. He, He pulled in a pretty nice, uh, a pretty nice contract, if I'm not mistaken. Something I, I want to say it was around like 15 million or something like that. Um, uh, I Maybe mean, it was, it was 16. Was it 16? Yeah. I mean, good heavens. And you know what, though, I gotta say props to Mayock and Gruden for sticking to their guns because we've seen that a couple times this offseason. You know, they've, they've had a price, they've had, I mean, that was the speculation with the AB deal. Apparently, they had a price for the Steelers, and uh, uh Steelers originally, from what I saw, didn't like it and then kind of came back around at the 11th hour and said, hey, is that offer still on the table? So definitely moves from Oakland that we're not used to seeing. We're not used to seeing. I mean, we thought for sure, I thought for sure, we'd give up at least one first-rounder for AB. And so I'm psyched that uh, that we're able to get AB for you know that third and that fifth. Williams, man, what do you see from Antonio Brown, his first season in Oakland? I mean, do you think, I mean, obviously there's been all this controversy about He's going to be, you know, he's a problem child. He's one of these guys that, oh, the drama will come up sooner or later. W- but what do you see first season in Oakland, crystal ball? What's your take on this whole thing? Um,
1: yeah, I mean, let's, let's just get this straight. Antonio Brown is going to be the best wide receiver that the Raiders have had in a very, very long time. Nope. He's going to be everything Amari Cooper, or we wished Amari Cooper would be. Uh, that route runner with the yards after the catch. Um, you know, can beat defenses in so many ways. We never really saw that really consistently materialize with Amari Cooper. Right. This is a proven thing with Antonio Brown. He does this. Okay. It's something that he has proven that he can do, you know, year in and year out for the past six or seven seasons in the NFL. Um, and it's really a testament to his work ethic. I mean, that's something that people have said before. And they keep on talking about how hard of a worker he is. Um, when you watch it on tape, though, you can see the, the product of this hard work is this incredible skill level that he plays the game with. And, um, you know, you don't get as skilled as a wide receiver as, as uh, Antonio Brown is without putting in that hard work. And I right. think that that's really what the biggest thing is, is going to be, the way that that it kind of um, rubs off on his teammates and the rest of the wide receivers. Uh, that attention to detail that he puts into playing football, uh, I think it's not just going to make Derek Carr better, but it's going to make a lot of these wide receivers that are coming into the uh, to the Raiders, it's going to make them better as well. So I think you're going to see, not just, uh, just from Antonio Brown, great plays, but other receivers trying to emulate um, the best wide receiver on the roster and make similar plays from time to time as well.
0: Yes, and I, I agree 100%. I don't think there has been a day since he got to Oakland that he hasn't posted a workout video and they are impressive. Like if I were to go out there and try to do those things, I'd end up in the emergency room. And that's not just because (laughs) I've had back surgery in the past. It's because my hips would probably fall out of joint. Uh, What is, what is the biggest thing besides his work ethic? Let's talk about football player on the field. What, how is he going to open up the field for Derek Carr?
1: Okay, so Antonio Brown wins in a lot of ways. He's an incredible route runner. Um, his body language makes it very difficult for defenders to kind of get a beat on where he's going. Um, he'll do things um, weeks ahead of time to set up defenders um, with just like the kind of chess. Uh, Match that he's playing with his running. So, um, what it's really going to do is just, it's going to force defenses to really focus on him, uh, double cover him, uh, do things that maybe, uh, you know, wide receivers haven't had to uh, draw that type of attention and coverage uh, playing in the Raiders the last few seasons. Right. So, I think um, uh, just from the way that he attacks the game, He's going to you know, make his fair share of plays, um, but it's also going to help other pl- players you know, get open around him as well. So it just helps out the entire offense. Uh, the, the one thing that I will say is just kind of an uh, anecdotal um, example of Antonio Brown's skill level. Um, defensive backs in the NFL are just across all levels of football. They're taught to – it's called raking the catch point. When a wide receiver puts his hands up, you're supposed to play through their hands, okay? And right. so you can make a play potentially on a ball as a defensive back when you're, you might be a, a, a few yards out of phase. And maybe you might have lost positioning at first, but if you go and attack their hands, you could come up with a disruption uh, of the catch, right? So if you watch Antonio Brown, he rarely ever has his hands up. He holds the, his hands down until the very, very last moment, which makes it tough for defensive backs who are playing him in man coverage to figure out when they need to swipe the ball away? There's even times where he doesn't lift up his hands at all and just lets the uh, ball drop right into his lap, and you'll see defensive backs even get surprised that the ball uh, came because he wasn't letting on that the ball was.
2: Okay.
1: So th- I'm talking about an incredible high level of de- uh, attention to detail that he plays the game with. So I mean, right. that's, that's just one example of the skill level that he brings, um, and that's what allows him. He's five foot ten. He's not. He's not overly fast. He's not overly big or strong or a high jumper or anything like that, but he still is able to make these plays week in and week out. It's because of that uh, attention to detail and that high skill level that he has. I'm
2: going to have to pay attention to that because I never noticed that. But now that you you bring that up, I mean, I can think back to some plays Where I've seen like like corners like literally like you said like are caught off guard that like the ball's even you know in his hands and so Raider Nation that's something to look at go back and look at some highlights dang it now now I gotta I gotta end this interview man I gotta go look at some some more AB highlights and take a look at that that's some awesome insight so I'm I'm Jack to to take a look at that something else that he brings. uh, to the table just because, you know, we talk about, you know, the big play ability and obviously just, you know, being able to, you know, the yards after catch, that kind of stuff. But that, that, that detail, that attention to detail, and we're starting to kind of see that in, you know, we've heard that he's one of the hardest working people we've ever seen. We're kind of getting a first look at that with some of these workout videos and what he does. And then, you know, some of these insights like this, just to be able to, to, you know, something that you wouldn't appreciate more normally. When you're just watching the game of football, look for that in his game, and that I'm I'm excited. That 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 gets me excited because, like we said, it's been a long time, man, since we've had a true number one wide wide receiver. And like you talked about, I mean, Cooper. I felt like we just like we got glimpses, and it was like, okay, you know, maybe, okay, all right, man, this. I guess like this is his year, you know. Like we kept saying that over and over, and it was just, and it really super spotty, super just, uh, you know, we can, we, we even saw, I mean, for the Cowboys, I mean, man, he'd have a big week. And then he went ghost for like two or three weeks in a row. In fact, we, we monitored his stats and there were times, I mean, uh, 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 Seth Roberts had more, you know, receiving yards and and catches than cook did. And so, and that I think was the frustrating thing for a true number one, right. receiver, man, like, that you know, I mean, that you expect that to happen maybe a couple weeks out of the season, but for Cooper, I mean, it was eight, nine, ten games a season, and it was just like, what, what? And this guy's gonna want how much money, you know, when his contract's up? Like, no way, are you kidding me? So we'll still, we're still yet to see if if we won that trade or not, but right now. I don't know. I'm 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 not too uh, I'm not too sad to see uh, to see what we can get with that uh, with that. What's it going to end up be the 27th pick? A little unfortunate. That was looking like a really good pick about halfway through the season. Um, Then, of course, they had to go and start winning some games. But uh, Tyler, man, I'm gonna let you take the next question. After that, let's roll right into the draft.
0: All right. Sounds good. So my next question kind of goes back to one of my favorite signings of the offseason, and that is Trent Brown. We have not heard um, whether, well, we've heard, but we don't know whether Trent Brown will be playing left tackle or right tackle. And prior to coming on here so that he could study, I had asked BD what he thought the offensive line would look like come game number one of the regular season so i'll i'll pose that question to you bd what do you think the offensive line looks like let's start at left tackle and work our way to right tackle i think center is taken care of uh (laughs) it's it's every other side of the center that i'm curious about so why don't we hit that if if you're cool with that okay yeah cool so uh
1: I I think I'm in the minority here. I do think that Colton Miller is going to be the left tackle. Um, Gabe Jackson, I think, is going to move back over to left guard is where he started his career. That's um, kind of his natural position, and he was forced to go play right guard when they signed Colletti Um, Rodney Hudson, obviously, the center, like you said. He's an all-pro guy. I think Denzel Good, they signed him in the middle of the year last year, he uh, was a starter at uh, Indianapolis Colts, and there was a, uh, someone was murdered in his family, and he had to take oh. some time off. And I guess, uh, just from the reports that I'm hearing, obviously I wasn't in the building, but his uh, offensive line coach didn't like that he took personal time and told him that he wasn't mentally tough enough to play for him. And so Denzel Good ended up requesting uh, to be released from his contract. So this is a guy who's a starter who should not have been available and kind of just fell right into the Raiders' laps. I think wow. that... He is uh, a viable starting right guard in, in football. Uh, I think he's proven that. When Colegio um, Assembly and Gabe Jackson were injured down the stretch last year and the offensive line was in shambles, um, you know, you would see Colton Miller getting bulldozed with his uh, torn MCL. You'd see the other right. guy that came in getting completely turned around. And then you'd see five yards downfield, Denzel Good pancaking someone. So I think the guy is legit. I think he is uh, a starter in uh, the National Football League, um, and then all, at right tackle, obviously Trent Brown. He played right tackle at San Francisco. This is kind of like his more natural position. He has um, multiple years starting experience in the NFL as as a right tackle. He only has one year starting experience as left tackle. Of course, he went and, and won a Super Bowl doing it. So it yes, does. Sir. There's uh, a lot of uh, um, flexibility there, but I think I think Brown at right tackle and Colton Miller at left tackle is better. Then the flip flop of that. I think um, asking Colton Miller at this stage in his career to go switch over to, to the other side. I think you're just going to see another year of growing pains um, and not letting the guy get comfortable. And yeah. I think that Trent Brown is you know can go right back to it and it would be uh, probably a lot more seamless of an, or a, a, yeah a lot more seamless of integration for Trent Brown to go play right tackle. But the Raiders do have options and I'm sure they're going to try to figure it out and play them both in, on both sides throughout OTAs and training camp to see who who ends up fitting what but if I had to guess right now I'd say Colt Miller left tackle Trent Brown right tackle
0: that's great uh I thought it was interesting it was either this week or last week somebody asked Gruden like where is Trent Brown gonna play and he's like you know what we may just break the huddle and wherever Vaughn Miller lines up yeah. that's where Trent Brown's gonna be so that would be nice I mean I don't think that's that's probably not realistic, and I think he said it as a joke. But it'd be kind of cool if if Miller <laughs> could, if they could both switch back and forth. Um, I I would tend to agree with you. I just look at that contract though that Trent Brown signed. I, I mean, I guess the money doesn't matter if you've got the money. You spend the money. You put the best player. Uh, where they play or put the player in the best position to succeed. And that's what I think Raider nation has been screaming for for so long is just let's uh, let's scheme to our players. At least I have let's scheme to our players uh, strengths and go from there. So, I mean, I guess if you sign him at left tackle money and you put him at right tackle, it's not my money. If he keeps car upright and can get the ball to Antonio Brown or Tyrell Williams or JJ Nelson. That's all I care about. I could, I couldn't care less how much the dude's making put him where he plays best. So Colton Miller left tackle, uh, Gabe Jackson left guard Hudson center. And then you think Denzel good and Trent Brown on that right side.
1: Yeah.
2: I, I, I've got to just say that, but like, like, that would suck that your coach is like, I don't care if somebody got murdered in your family. Like, you don't have the mental toughness. Like, like I don't know. That's just brother. me. But I'd be like, you know, you can go blow. You know, I don't know. That just seems, seems weird. Like, we're all human at the end of the day, man. That is just weird to me. But I don't know. I don't know all the circumstances that were going on there and whatnot. But uh, Good does seem to be like a player. I'm pretty excited that we have him. How confident, though, Williams, are you that Tom Cable can – can whip everybody into shape because I don't have much confidence in Tom Cable and I'm on the record for saying so. Uh, do you think, do you think we're still cool with Tom Cable with the talent that we have or I mean, what do you see there?
1: Yeah. I mean, if you can't get it done with this group, then, uh, you know, the Raiders need to move on and find a right. new defensive line coach for sure. Uh, I'm, I'm not sold. I'm not uh, very optimistic about Tom Cable. It's pretty well documented. Um, how poor the offensive line was in, in Seattle, uh, right. especially in the last few years that he was there. And uh, after he left, all of a sudden they got a lot better. And as <laughs> soon as he got to Oakland, the offensive line, which was the strength of the team, all of a sudden is not any good. So, I mean, these things are kind of damning for Tom Cable. It's hard to make an argument for him, you know. Um, right. So if, if the offensive line continues to struggle, they definitely have to make a change. They've they put a lot of talent, draft picks. Um, they got a great center, probably the best in the game. Um, they got a big money offensive tackle and Trent Brown who could play either side. So if he, if this can't, if this can't work, then, you know, something's got to give.
0: Right. I I agree. agree. And here's a hot take from Tyler. This is my hot take this week. (laughs) I, uh, I think one of those first three or one of those three first round draft picks goes at a guard position. That's just, that's, that's killing me. I know. But I've been I've been preaching it since we had those first those three first round draft picks. I'll get it right one time. I think one of them's going on the offensive line. I would not be surprised at like 24, 27, like a Dalton Risner or somebody like that. A Cody Ford, perhaps if they drop down, I would not be surprised to see an offensive lineman taken there. Just I I don't want that, but it wouldn't surprise me.
2: Well, that's a good segue in right into the draft. Let's let's just get right after it. B.D. Williams, man, you're the GM of the Oakland Raiders. You've got the fourth pick. What do you do? Let's pretend uh, – let, all right, let's throw this out there. Let's pretend Cardinals go uh, Kyler Murray first overall pick. Who do you take, you know, realistically with that fourth pick?
1: Um, I think that the defensive line talent that's coming into the NFL – Pretty consistently over the last few years, it's just been a lot better than the offensive line talent. So these guys that are playing defensive line, these are we're talking about great, great athletes. Um, I think it's always a good uh, plan for every team to build in the trenches on either side of the ball, you know, in the draft. So the uh, the more defensive line talent, you can never have too many pass rushers, regardless of the position. Uh, and I think that if this is true that Kyler Murray is going to go to the Arizona Cardinals, that means a top-tier talent. Nick Bose, yep. Josh Allen, Quinton Williams is going to fall into the Raiders' laps. Yep. Uh, um, and that's just, uh, you know, it's one of those guys is available. It just kind of, you know, depends on who the Raiders really are falling in love with and just go take that guy and not overthink it too much. Um, so yeah, any one of those I think would be an awesome option. I do think Nick Bosa will probably go before the Raiders p- get picked. Uh, haven't have a chance to pick at fourth overall, but either Josh Allen or Quinn Williams, uh, I don't think there's a bad selection there.
2: There you go. All right. So, so I'm going to take it one step further though, because we have, we obviously we, we've got, we've got Hankins, we got PJ Hall, we got Moe Hurst. I like the interior of Oakland's defensive Jelly. line. Jelly. Yes. Um, I like how that's set up, and I think I think Hurst is going to develop into an animal. I think we're going to look back in three or four years and go, how in the world did we pick this guy up so late? Um, but let's pretend Williams, uh, who would you rather have? Because Williams is more interior player. Allen, though, uh, well-documented on this podcast. Tyler and I are both big Josh Allen fans. Let's pretend they're both there. Uh, something weird happens. Allen, Williams are both there. Obviously, people are touting Williams as this, like, you know, the next Aaron Donald. Uh, who do you take, though? Because Oakland needs that. Uh, we talked about it, man. We got two defensive ends. And apparently, apparently, th- was it 13, 13 and a half sacks in the season doesn't cut it. So who do you like? Who, who would you take?
1: Yeah, uh, well, Josh Allen had 17 sacks by himself um, <laughs> last year. So uh, I, I take Josh Allen. I think um, I'm probably, I'm, I'm probably out. I I am very high on Josh Allen. I know that there are plenty of people who are. Uh, I see a guy who as has a potential to become one of the premier defenders in all of football within the next couple of years. Uh, he's a guy who can speed rush off the edge. He's a guy who can drop into coverage and, you know, defend a pass 30 yards downfield. You just don't see that every day, even right. from the best edge rushers. You're not gonna see this kind of versatility that Josh Allen has the potential of bringing. Um, so I'm, I'm a big Josh Allen fan. I think um, if, if he's there, I'm going to be doing flips and screaming at the television for uh, the Raiders to pick Josh Allen. But um, the, the one thing that is going uh, out of favor for Josh Allen is that there have been a couple guys that came to the NFL that have like a similar athletic profile. Edge rushers who can play in space a little bit. Um, guys like Deion Jordan. Uh, guys like Lorenzo Carter, who just got drafted last year. Um, there's another one called Martez Wilson out of Illinois, who's an edge rusher who ran like a 4-4, something 40 at the combine. Wow. A lot of these guys don't do well in the NFL for whatever reason. Um, it's almost as if defensive coordinators don't understand how to use them and for all their versatility. So I think that it's kind of working against Josh Allen a little bit. Um, but, well, I mean, it, it remains to be seen, I think, Bottom line, he's going to be a good player if he's a linebacker, if you want to drop into coverage. And at best, he's going to be able to do everything at a really elite level and be a game-changing defensive player for any team that takes him.
2: Yeah, yeah, I like that. And I think, obviously, the, we've talked about that. It, the, Josh Allen, when I watch him, he's one of these players that, like, and I, I I hate using his name and Khalil Mack in the same sentence, but as far as I, he remind, he reminds me of, like, a a more athletic Khalil Mack in the sense that Khalil Mack was more for, when when we would drop Khalil Mack back into coverage, I was like, why in the world are we doing that? Like, let Khalil Mack do what he does best. Let him get after the quarterback, get after the running back. Josh Allen, though, is one of those guys that, like, he can cover a flat because he's got that athleticism. And I'm I'm like, man, that's, he can get after the quarterback. He can, he can drop into coverage. I know the one knock against his game. I've heard this recently. Don't know how true it is, but apparently that against the run, maybe a little bit like, as far as you want to talk about all his talents, that might be on the lower end of his talents. I haven't seen enough to know, you know, is, is that's truly a big deal. I've just heard that recently kind of in the rumor mill about him, but at the end of the day, man, we got to get somebody has got to get after the quarterback. And I floated this out recently. In fact, on our Facebook page, um, I put the poll up to Raider Nation was like, what do you how do you feel about Oakland taking two defensive ends in our you know first four picks? Uh, and there was like 80, 80 out of 139 votes. We had 80, 80 percent response. Loved that idea. Do you see a likelihood of that happening? Would you like to see the same? Would you like to see Oakland do something like that, especially now that we've seen free agency kind of come and go and we still only have two, two defensive ends on the, on the roster? Yeah. I,
1: well, I think um, anytime a team has multiple picks in the first round, it's almost like a bonus pick. You know, right. you, you can do something, uh, attack a position of need because you have all this extra capital. So, um, like I said, the defensive linemen are in this class. Uh, there's, it's not just the first, you know, couple that few, that come off the board that are going to be impact players. You're going to find impact players, uh, into the second and maybe even third round. Um, so, you know, maybe with that, maybe even with that second round pick, if there's a, a defensive end, maybe on a, a slightly lower tier, uh, you know, like we said, the Raiders only have two on the roster right now. So they got, they got to figure something out. So I'd rather the Raiders invest a higher pick and a defensive end that could be on the field a lot than a sixth or a seventh round pick for a guy at this rate, who's going to see the field. So, um, you know, I, I I would, I wouldn't mind seeing that with the first four picks. If the, if the Raiders pick two defensive ends, that'd be awesome.
0: If you could have two defensive ends in those first four picks uh, like, I'm not saying Boza drops down to 24. I'm saying realistically. Yeah. What two names, let, let's let say besides Allen and Boza, because we both, we all know that those are the, the premier dudes, the premier edge rushers in this draft. Who are two guys that maybe have uh, your eye a little bit?
1: I think a uh, guy, for some reason, who's not getting a whole bunch of uh, love in this uh, edge rusher class is a guy named anthony nelson from iowa he's oh. uh first of all he's 67, 270 pounds so he's like wow poetical, um defensive end size uh he had really good production uh it's actually kind of like a commonly held thing guys from iowa come into the nfl they're like ready to play they get great coaching uh they have great character things like that Um, and so I I think Anthony Nelson is going to be a guy who's going to be a second round pick most likely. Um, I I would love to see him with the Raiders. I think he fits what Paul Gunther wants. He wants a lot of length. He wants the ability to stop the run from his defensive ends. Um, and so Anthony Nelson gives you that, uh, interesting thing. Uh, Anthony Nelson went to the combine and posted some pretty good numbers and it was almost identically comparable to JJ Watt. At his combine, so wow. uh, I, I'm not saying Anthony Nelson is gonna be J.J. Watt.
0: <laughs> right,
2: I mean, uh, BD
1: is saying that Anthony Nelson is gonna man. be J.J. Watt. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're
2: on record now, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, other,
1: other people have said this. I'm taking that from them. But um, yeah, he, he, had, he had a really good combine. He, he posted a, a three cone drill uh, of like I think it was a six, eight, nine three cone drill, which is like better than uh, a lot of wide receivers are posting. DK Metcalf. The hyped-up wide receiver ran a 7-4 uh, three-cone drill, so he's, like, uh, incredibly uh, faster around the three cones than even a, a high-profile wide receiver is. So I think the guy has a good chance of becoming a really good NFL player, um, and I think he deserves, to, you know, a, a shot to be, you know, one of the first defensive ends taken off the board. That's and good. who's your, that's, who's that's your second name.
2: Yeah, that's a – sorry, really quick, Todd. That's a name – I haven't heard that, Anthony no, Nelson. That's one of those guys that, you know, has gotten buried – and I'm glad you touched on the DK Metcalf hype because I think that's a lot of hype. I think that's too much hype, in my opinion. But uh, Raider Nation, jot that name down, Anthony Nelson. Look for that at the defensive end. Tyler, sorry, go ahead.
0: Uh, I just what? Who's your second guy? So Anthony Nelson is a guy to to look for there, maybe in the second round. Who's another guy that you you have had your or have your
1: eye on? Yeah, I think um, realistically uh before the you know the 24th pick a lot of these defensive ends are going to come off the board realistically i mean montez sweat was a guy who people were talking about could potentially be at the end of round one and then he ran a 4 at six foot five 260 pounds nice. no way is he getting you know to 24 that's not even in the cards uh and then the guys were sean gary who was a really hyped up? He's like a five-star prospect when he went to Michigan. Never really put it together. It seems like he always was, you know, uh, just about to, you know, make a sack and and uh, you know it would let it, it would get slip out of his grasp. Uh, so he didn't have incredible production in college, but he's an incredible freak athlete. Uh, another guy who just completely blew up the combine. I doubt he's there at 24. There's a possibility. There's a chance that he is, though. But I think the NFL loves those kind of guys and, and drafts them, values them, drafts them pretty high. But if one of those guys are available, yeah. Um, later on in the, in the draft, though, I think there's a couple of guys that are interesting. Um, one is a guy named Max Crosby. Yep. You know, I'm actually going to pull it up right now to give you the guys the exact um, name, exactly where he's from um max crosby
2: sorry guys no you're good you're good I'm, I'm excited about this because i you know i actually was i i was hoping oakland would go after ziggy in the offseason, and that doesn't look like that's happening because just because i'm like good habits we need some kind of help at defensive end but with these four picks I'm glad you mentioned it because there is there are a lot of players out there, a lot of a lot of names that I'm going. Gosh, there's there're going to be some still some some playmakers to be had at 24, at 27, at 35. So I'm pretty jacked to see who else who else is out there.
1: Okay, yeah, I'm sorry about that, guys. Um, Max Crosby is from Eastern Michigan. He's Got a really good size. He blew up the combine as well. I think he's going to be available later on in the uh, draft, maybe the third or fourth round if the Raiders are able to get back into the third round with the pick that they gave up for uh, Antonio Brown. And then there's another guy named John Kaminsky. John Kaminsky uh, is a really big guy. He plays, I think it's D2 or NAIA. He played at Charleston. He's a guy who I think was like originally a quarterback, and then he ended up, uh, switching to uh defensive end don't quote wow. me that but he's oh. um he's a huge huge human being he's 6'5 290 pounds he blew, completely blew up the combine ran a 469 he's from a, like a really small school um but I, i've i've seen some clips of course it's d2 competition so it's not right you gotta you know understand that the competition level isn't great but he posted incredible numbers um going up against that level of competition. Uh, And he's also an incredible athlete. So like I said, this defensive line class is really jacked up. There's a lot of talent in it. So the Raiders do get um, multiple defensive linemen um, throughout it. You know, this is the draft to do it.
2: Good. Well, you know what? It's coming at a perfect time, man, because uh, we need some help uh, getting up to the quarterback. So we talked defensive end. Who else with those picks? Let's pretend defensive end happens at the at the four position. W- what are some other positions you'd like to see Oakland address, you know, with that 24, 27, and the 35th pick?
1: Um, I Honestly, I think that the way that the Raiders attack the free agency has been in their favor because now it kind of lets them pick the best player available. Uh, on right. the board because they've stacked up at uh, wide receiver, uh, some – Defensive back positions, linebacker, um, which all kind of were you know areas of need for the Raiders, and now right. they're now they're allowed at this point. If if one of these positions falls to them, they don't have to um, you know overdraft a guy. They can kind of stick to their board. Um, so th- I mean, there's going to be some really good players. I think if Devin Bush is around at 24, the linebacker from Michigan, uh, I think he's one hell of a football player. I think he. Yep. Be great uh, for the Raiders. Um, there's a couple safeties. I think uh, I would say there's around seven or eight safeties. That I think will have a really good chance of being really good contributors in the NFL. So that, that doesn't have to be in the uh, in the first round. Maybe the second, or even uh, there could be maybe one or two left uh, in the fourth round when the Raiders get around to picking there. So I think um, I think the Raiders have, have you know just have some good options there. A safety I really like is Juan Thornhill from Virginia. He's a guy who played corner early on in his career. He's got a lot of man coverage skills. He's a solid tackler, too. He shows a lot of a lot of special range. There's uh, plays that he's making and um, certain coverages that are mostly college coverages where uh, safety is going to be about seven, eight yards um, off the line of scrimmage over the tight end. And he's running down a fade route um, to the sideline. And guys just don't make that. Play. I've literally never seen someone make an interception from that uh, alignment, and he, he's able to flash some of these plays. So he's got outstanding range, uh, ball skills, a lot of ball production, uh, probably the best uh, ball production of any uh, top tier safety in the class. Um and with that converted corner uh skill set, he has the the coverage skills as well. So I think um I think he's gonna go pretty high. He had a pretty good combine as well. So I could see him going um in, in the first round, maybe early second round. Uh but one thornhill is definitely a guy to keep your eye on. And what, like round, what round do you think he
0: what round is he projected to go
1: in? Uh I think at this point he's kind of a late first round pick, but you know. You can't ever really trust all these draft nicks and everything like that. Uh, it only takes one team to really fall in love with a player. Um, so I, I, I'm not I'm not too worried about the projections at this point. He is projected to be like a late first round, early second round pick at this point. Um, but I think uh, I, I think it's only going to take one team to fall in love with his set, And he, he has something that's pretty special.
2: So heading into this draft, obviously, uh, uh, we have like half of the league needs a quarterback. And for whatever reason, the uh, quote-unquote experts keep telling us that we need a quarterback as well Um, and saying, you know, we're going to move. I've seen like two mocks this week from people from sites like NFL.com saying we're moving up to draft Kyler Murray, stuff like that, which – you know, I think is absolutely bogus. I think it would be ridiculous to move on from car and at least give him one more season with, with uh, Chucky at, at, at uh, the head coach position. But uh, I'm not sold on this year's quarterback draft class. I just, I'm not, I don't know. I I, I think there's a, there's a lot of hype on some players that I'm just I don't know I've just got a gut feeling I always go with my gut feeling now my gut feeling told me that we weren't going to trade Mac um so that didn't work out in that instance but who is in your opinion the best quarterback in this draft class um
1: well let's extrapolate on this overhyping of quarterbacks I mean this happens every year you see these guys um (laughs) uh, propped up by the media year in and year out, and the, really the fact of the matter is the quarterbacks basically the hardest position in any major league sport to fill. Uh, you need to have uh, the arm of a pitcher, you need to have uh, the instincts and the vision of a point guard, and you need to have the toughness of a bullfighter. I mean, this is an r- incredibly rare blend of, of talents. And right. 32 NFL teams, there's not 32 starting caliber quarterbacks in the right. world. Period. Uh, so, so, I mean, team, it, it is something that teams are going to, you know, they're going to gamble on. They're going to think, hey, maybe this guy can, you know, be the guy for us and get us over the top. Uh, I do understand some of the hype on Kyler Murray. I can see from the playmaking standpoint, he's got a hose for arm. He's got incredible athleticism um, and the baseball background makes the mobility something that is viable. A lot of guys don't have that baseball background who are mobile quarterbacks and, Really, what all that comes down to is learning how to slide. We saw Robert Griffith Jr. have an incredible rookie year and never even right. get close back to it because he got injured um, uh, early on in that, or you know, early on in his career, and he just never got back to it. Whereas you see someone like Russell Wilson with that baseball background sliding and protecting himself and being able to be a mobile quarterback for years and years and years, despite, you know, not being that ideal prototypical size. So uh, I, I think Kyler Murray does have that going for him. There's a bit of a path to his success. Um, so I do like him as a quarterback, just from football, uh, from a football standpoint. Um, the other thing about being a quarterback is you have to be a leader of men. And that's something that, you know, um, remains to be seen just with any young guy. It's Uh a lot when you're going from being, you know, a big man on campus to going and being around um, full grown men with families to, to feed. Um, when there's a lot of money on the line. So that dynamic changes a lot. And you, you see a lot of quarterbacks, young quarterbacks have a hard time being leaders at the same time as being a football player. So um, that's something else, else to take into consideration, the leadership qualities and, um, and that, those kind of intangibles. So uh, I do think Kyler Murray likely will be the first quarterback taken, but this isn't a strong quarterback class. Um, right. You're going to see quarterbacks right. get overdrafted because of that, the fact that it's not a strong quarterback class. But um, if Kyler Murray were to have come out last year, he might not be a first-round pick in last okay. year's draft. So that, you know, just... So, so he's, he's
2: your number one... He, he's the best quarterback in this draft, in your opinion.
1: Yeah.
0: Do you, you see go. the Raiders taking Drew Locke at number
1: four? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't know. Something straight here. You can't really ever understand what Gruden. Yes, I agree. Try to pay Gruden, but the guy didn't come out of ten years of retirement to coach a rookie quarterback. No, right. He wants someone where he can open up his entire offense. You can't do that with a rookie. I don't care how good the rookie is. You're going to have to dial it back, and that's not what Gruden wants to do. He wants to have the entire offense. Uh, At the quarterback's command and that's something that you really only get with a veteran Um, uh, So I don't think that they're going to move on from Derek Carr. I'm not saying they're they're 100% sold on Derek Carr um, But I don't think that they're looking for a rookie to replace him
0: So you don't see a trade up to the San Francisco 49ers spot at number two and taking Drew Locke number two overall for the
1: Raiders. (laughs) Is that a a mock draft that happened? No, that
0: is for real. That is a real mock draft that I read today. And uh, our our good friend, Courtney Birch, who's kind of on the behind the scenes, sent us that. And I thought, I told Mike, I said, I will be done with football. This is a promise. If that happens, I will be (laughs) done with football forever. I will Burn all of my memorabilia all my hoodies and i will probably just be a mountain man and stick to fishing but i there i mean yeah that's
1: a real thing man it's a real thing
2: well uh, i paid to write that that's incredible right, right.
1: well uh it, you know who are they getting paid by uh that's true but uh drew lock could be a really good quarterback in the nfl i'm not going to discount that um i i don't see any team doing that for drew lock um uh, or for Dwayne Haskins, for that matter. I think uh, those guys are solid prospects. I think that they're most likely, their value is around the second round, um, late first yep. round. But, um, uh, so, so I don't think your team is really going to need to trade up to get one of those guys. You do, you have seen runs on quarterbacks happen in the draft, and it's a pretty volatile thing. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, let, let's just double down on this. Gruden doesn't want to coach a rookie quarterback. Antonio Brown didn't come right. in free agency to play with a rookie quarterback, right? Right. Um, so I, I think Raiders fans, when they see that, I, I, they're understandably kind of like, what, what are people thinking? But I guess for the outsiders, um, you know, after seeing Khalil Mack get traded and Amari Cooper get traded, they, they're just kind of connecting the dots and thinking, oh, well, Derek Brown or Derek Carr might be on the outs as well. So I guess right. that's. For people who are not very closely involved with uh, with the Raiders, um, I think that's a pretty easy one for them to make. But uh, yeah. I, don't think that's happening now.
2: I still I still maintain it, and it's, I'm on record, Raider Nation. Just hear me now, believe me later. Will Greer is going to be the best quarterback in this draft class. Flying under the radar, I'm just I'm just telling it how it is because I think that I think Kyler Murray. It's going to be and I you you said it specifically and I said it last week. This is another Robert Griffin the third happening with Kyler Murray. Uh, I think Haskins is going to be taken way too early. I think he'll be taken top ten. I he's got bust material written all over him. Will Greer man, he's a scrapper. He's a scrapper at the quarterback position, and I like that. So anyway, I'm on record again, Tyler. Write it down. That's twice. Uh, that's twice. Yes, yes. So I like Will Greer a lot.
1: I do. I, I think um, I, I think he's getting some uh, recent kind of um, uh, criticism right now. But he was, you know, going into the season considered one of the best quarterbacks. And he had a lot, some some game winning drives and some big time throws, um, you know, at, with pressure coming down in his face and, you know, absorbing a big hit and, and making a huge throw. That's NFL stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do like Will Greer a lot. I think he'll be a successful quarterback if he's in the right situation.
0: Yeah. And I have, I have one last question for you, BD looking at our stable of running backs. Are you happy with our stable of running backs? And if not, is there someone in the draft that you would like to add to our
1: stable of running backs? (laughs) Okay. Well, first of all, no, the the running back position is not, um, it, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good at this point. I think, um, Isaiah Crowell. It was a solid signing, though, and it, it makes up some ground in that area. He's a guy who's a good runner. He's not necessarily someone who you want to go with on third downs on passing downs. Uh, whether it's pass blocking, I, you know, I did a I did a write up on Silver and Black Pride about Isaiah Crowell, and uh, he's a really good runner. But um, when it comes to pass blocking or uh, pass catching, uh, he leaves a lot to be desired. So um, the way that the modern NFL offense have going are, are are going right now is you see running backs uh, affect the passing game a lot more and more th- throughout these past few seasons. Guys right. like Alvin Kamara, um, we saw it with Todd Gurley early on in the year, Le'Veon Bell last year when he, when he was uh, playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. These guys not only they're not just catching swing routes out of the backfield, they're running posts. From the backfield, they're running the scene, they're running a corner route, they're running a wheel up the sideline and making plays downfield in the passing game. Okay. So that's like we've seen teams be able to do this with running backs and have postseason success. Um, So if the Raiders, you know, want a guy like that, they have this extra luxury pick uh, or these two extra luxury picks in the first round. A guy like Josh Jacobs is kind of shown on film that he is a guy that can run routes downfield. He's also a guy that could probably be counted on to, you know, be a feature back as well. Um, I don't think drafting a first-round running back is necessarily a, a smart idea because um, we've seen teams like Philip Lindsay on the Denver Broncos. He's an undrafted free agent, and he, you know, was like third in the league in rushing this year. Right, yep, right. Can't find these guys, you know, in, anywhere. It's a short shelf life. It all, it's all about who has healthy legs and who's behind a really good offensive line. Uh, but for that kind of premier running back, a guy who can uh, affect not just the run game, but also the pass game. Um, I don't think that there's a whole bunch of guys like that in this draft. Josh Jacobs is probably one of a very uh, select few. Um, so if the Raiders, you know, I've seen him link to the Raiders in a lot of mock drafts. Yeah. yeah. And it would make sense because these two extra picks that they have in the first round. Um, and he would instantly upgrade their, uh, the running back situation, uh, to go along with, a you know, a renovated pat, uh, wide receiver, wide receiving group as well, uh, to really put the offense in a good spot.
2: Are you, are you of the mindset? Cause there are kind of two camps right now. Um, are you, are you a bring Marshawn Lynch back guy or is it time to move on?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a, t- that's a tough one for me. I think, I, well, obviously when Marshawn Lynch is out there and he's and he's running, it's a thing of beauty. Right. <laughs> to see, uh defenders bounce off of him the way that he absorbs contact and pushes through. I don't think I've ever seen any running back do some of these things that he's been doing the last couple seasons for the Raiders. Um it's it's really an art form at this point. I don't think Marshawn Lynch at this stage in his career is ready to go through 16 games if The Raiders, you know, by chance, get to a postseason. I don't think that he's, you know, able to get through all this. So, um, I think drafting a rookie is not, wouldn't be a a bad thing. Uh, I think if Marshawn Lynch does come back, he has a place when he's healthy, but it definitely shouldn't be to the detriment of the running back position. Uh, or, you know, don't draft a running back because Marshawn Lynch is there. You got to think about the future at this point. So, um, if Marshall Lynch comes back, awesome. But at the same time, you gotta got to get some young talent in there as well.
0: I will tell you who I like. And I it, it's probably going to take us getting back into the third round and maybe even into the second round. It's uh, the kid out of Memphis, Henderson. Mm-hmm. Right, Micah Henderson? Is that yep. right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Daryl yep. Henderson.
2: I love Henderson, man. I've been beating the Henderson drum for like three months now. It's I'm true. a jack for Henderson, but that's when just
0: Henderson was projected as like a six round draft pick. Micah was like, I like the kid out of Memphis. And I was like, yeah, I like him, too. And so the more I've watched, I've seen his name go from like the sixth round to the fourth round to the third round. I'm even seeing as high as the second round a mid second round pick. Uh, being used on him um, and I guess I'm kind of putting you on the spot have you watched any tape on, on Henderson out of Memphis
1: yeah I watched I uh, watched a couple games for Daryl Henderson yeah
0: do you feel like he can affect the passing game out of the backfield
1: it wasn't used like that necessarily they had another guy who actually went to the senior bowl named Tony Pollard who was like a half wide receiver half running back and kind of took bulk of those kind of, um, you know, opportunities. Uh, I wouldn't, I never limit a guy coming out. Um, you know, the best, the best players always get a lot better when they get into the NFL. You see someone like Le'Veon Bell, he did not do anything like he did in the NFL while he was in college. Nothing of the sort. He lost like 20 pounds. All of a sudden he's catching passes out of the backfield. He's running routes downfield. He never did that in Michigan state. So I, I would never say no, like a guy can't do that. Uh, I haven't seen it necessarily from Darrell Henderson. He certainly has the speed to probably get to that second level and and do that stuff. Uh, So it is a possibility for sure. He
0: runs a nasty wheel route. I'll tell you that there's a few games where he and granted they're not in like, I think they're in the A-10 division, Atlantic 10 division. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong there, but not the, you know, not the best uh, elite cream of the crop, but. He burns some people out of the backfield on my on a wheel route, even just a, a screen, a, a little dump off. He's shifty. I like that. But uh, yeah, that's just that's my that's my uh, that's my two cents on the running back situation. I'm to bring Marshawn back if he's healthy guy. Um, but, you know, I realize you got a draft for the future as well. So I, I, I like Marshawn. I'd love to see him. Uh, We talked about it last week. I'd love to see him go out uh, with a a beast quake 3.0 in the silver and black in Oakland and uh, with with the grab, if you will, at the end of the uh, at the end of the run, jump into the black hole and call it a career. I would love to see that. Uh, And uh, but, yeah, I, I understand if you move on. But the door is always open, according to, to John Gruden. What that means, I don't know. But I do, <laughs> right. I, do like Lynch, I do like Lynch to come back. I would like for him to come back. One last year, give it all he's got, and uh, go out Go out to, for the town.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. BD Williams, man, we appreciate you coming on with us. We've got a couple more questions for you, then we're going to let you get on with your life. What do you see realistically for Oakland in the 2019-2020 season? You know, there are a lot of expectations. People think, you know, one more year. You know, we've still got a couple years left of rebuilding. We've got, you know, a lot of people expect maybe even a quick turnaround this year. What do you see and what do you think as far as crystal ball time? Where do you see Oakland, you know, in December of 2019? What kind of record do you expect the Raiders to have?
1: Um. You know, I tend to not like these kind of questions because I don't like trying to uh, predict the future. But I think I think the Raiders are poised to have at least a chance to be uh, pushing for a winning record come December. Um, You know, if that means that they're hovering around 500 or, you know, uh, or they're slightly below, and then they're going in December and trying to crank off a couple wins to get to that winning record. Um, but I do think it, it is definitely 100 percent possible. I think the defense has not been upgraded en- enough yet to really make that um, a viable option. When, right. you, when you look at the Chargers and the Chiefs were both playoff teams contending in the, in, in the division first needs to be you know what the Raiders are are doing so we've seen a lot of improvements a lot of improvements on the offensive side of the ball still remains to be seen how uh the defense gets improved um contending with someone like Patrick Mahomes twice a year it's it's really challenging for a defense to get to all the spots that he's able to throw the ball um right. just with with that hose and it actually really changes the way a defense plays uh the game of football um in comparison to, like, Phillip Rivers, whose arm strength is not where it was early on in his career. Um, so, like, you know, outfitting the defense to have guys who have the range, um, who have the uh, speed to, you know, make these plays downfield against Kansas City is probably the number one priority. And if, uh, if they're a team that can, you know, hang with Kansas City, um, that's a win in my, in my book. Um And, you know, going forward off of that, cranking out a winning season, hopefully that's what we're seeing come December. Yeah.
2: And I tend to agree because, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, this is, you know, this will be another four or five win season. I don't think so. I think this is anywhere between maybe a seven and nine to maybe even a 9 and 7 type year. I think there's going to be enough talent Carr being with Gruden for another season, being in that in that system for a second year, I think it's going to produce better results. Obviously, we saw at the end of the year, I mean, Carr just barely had a body to throw to uh by about week 10. So, I think I think we're going to see a big improvement this year from the Oakland Raiders. Are they are they Super Bowl contenders? Absolutely not. Are they um, are they title AFC title contenders? Like, no, I don't I don't think so either. But but I could see first part of December, you know, when they've got everything lined up, Oakland being in the hunt for a playoff spot, whether they get it or not, you know, wouldn't surprise me if they didn't. I wouldn't be disappointed if they didn't. Obviously, I'm disappointed if we don't make it to the playoffs every year, but as far as realistic expectations. Uh, yeah, I think I think an eight and eight type season is definitely something that uh, uh, I think is pretty plausible for Oakland. I, I think there is obviously real rebuilding going on. It's gonna take time for those rookies to develop, no matter you know what skill set they have. But I don't think it's gonna be as bad. As I see a lot of of kind of what Raider Nation thinks, I don't think it's going to be another. I would be very surprised if it was a four and 12, 5 and eleven type season, and very disappointed again. But that's I've been used to being disappointed recently as a Raider fan. So, but anyway, man, really quickly we, before we get let you go, we always ask every every guest on the show some you know usually it's off off the topic it's it's usually not football related at all in fact Tyler i don't think it's ever been football related at never. all never and it's just off the cuff so here it is but it's very
0: life altering and life changing
2: yeah yeah so we want to know and this this is straight up for you this week what is the worst movie you've ever seen
1: <laughs> worst movie um i my family and i we actually like to watch bad movies uh, and laugh at them the entire time and just kind of make fun of the <laughs> actors. We've seen some really bad Nicolas Cage movies lately. That's like, <laughs> um, but I we watched this, uh, was it Sharknado or some nonsense? Oh, that- yeah, really hilariously bad. Um, so I probably have to go there. I don't think anything is going to top that one, how bad that one was. Um, yeah, but yeah, some Nicolas Cage movies throw them in there too. Those 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 have been pretty bad recently as well. <laughs>
2: so, so that honorable mention, you could fit several Nicolas Cage movies in there. Then, I like it. Tyler, you you don't get out of this question either, man. Worst movie you ever seen? Uh, I know you. This is totally unscripted. You weren't ready is. for this. I was
0: not ready. Um. You know, you I'm going to that- take I'm going to take some flack for this, but I know what the worst the worst movie, the, the movie that I dislike the most is probably Ant-Man from the Marvel Universe. I'm a big Marvel wow. geek. I do not like Ant-Man. I think he's a I, I don't think he's really even a superhero. He shrinks and he gets bigger and that's it. That's all he does. He's got strength, but so does the Hulk. So, uh, but yeah, that's, I'm going uh, (laughs) Ant-Man.
2: Dude, that is terrible. Ant-Man is fantastic. Shame on you. Shame on you for hating on the Ant-Man. That's one of my favorite ones, man. Are you kidding me? Mine is Alice in Wonderland. I never liked the Disney version, and I don't like the remake version, man. That's a weird movie. That should have never been a Disney. That's like a weird, like, that's that like DreamWorks or something. I, I don't even get the whole Alice in Wonderland thing, and I, I'm I'm just not not a fan. That's i talking got... about
1: the. Uh, did they make a new one recently, or are you talking about the classic Alice? The, Wonderland? I'm
2: talking about the new one. They oh, made it. Wasn't it didn't it have uh, Johnny Depp in it? Or, or uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think.
2: I, think I, the I didn't have yeah. the the Mad Hatter. I'm just, yeah. That's sure, weird.
1: that's like um about a, a psychedelic trip. I'm pretty sure that's what the um, Alice in Wonderland is supposed to be about.
2: Yeah, that's... I don't, that's I
1: don't a, get the children's uh, content.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't either. Like, that's a trippy movie, and I was disturbed watching that. And I was like, no, this isn't, like... I wouldn't sit down on it Friday night with my family. Or even, like, by myself, it <laughs> would be like, oh, you know what? I'm going to sit down and, and, and flip on Alice in Wonderland. Like, even with my kids, man. Like, if you're talking about it, it's like, a family movie because it's Disney... I wouldn't like be like, oh man, you know what? Let's sit down with the kids and watch Alice in Wonderland. Like, no way. Like, you gotta be on some like major drugs to probably under get that movie. Would be my guess. Yes. Also, another one I don't like: Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea was like, like they tried to go after the whole like Jaws theme and everything. And it was like terrible just CGI, and it was just it was. Deep awful. Blue Sea is a classic. Wow. Oh man! Oh, you're killing me. A classic bad movie or a classic Samuel movie? L. Jackson
1: with the with the uh, speech and then he gets eaten by the shark. That's like that lives in movie infamy. OK, that's an <laughs> incredible thing <scene> right there.
2: <laughs> well, Samuel L. Jackson keeps dying, man. And I hate that. Like what in the world's up with that dude? Oh, my gosh.
0: I think my dude. least favorite. My least favorite Disney movie is probably Dumbo. I, I'm not a big fan of Dumbo.
2: It's yeah, sad. It's kind
1: of a
0: sad movie.
2: They just yeah. remade it. I'm interested to see how that turns out, but I don't know. I don't know. Disney movies, they have come out with some doozies recently. You know, we that's that's a whole nother topic of conversation, but uh no, that's fair. So so does now but Tyler, is that is so is that an honorable mention for one of the worst movies you've seen of all time? Yes. Honorable nope.
0: mention, number one Ant Man, honorable mention, uh Dumbo.
2: There you go. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Anyway, VD Williams, man, tell Raider Nation once again, man, where can we find you and hit you up for your content? Yeah, uh, go to
1: silverandblackpride.com. You can find uh, my video breakdowns. Uh, All all the staff writers there do a great job covering the Raiders. There's uh, multiple articles up uh, constantly. You're never going to see the same article up twice. Uh, They do a fantastic job covering the Raiders. So go to Silver and Black Pride. You can also follow me on Twitter. At BD Williams eighteen, uh, D Wheel Skills is my Twitter handle, and I post uh, all Raiders-related content, video breakdowns of uh, new free agents, and uh, after the draft, I'll be doing the uh, all the draft picks that the Raiders do as well.
2: Awesome, man! Awesome, man! Well, we appreciate that, Raider Nation. Go check him out, and man, maybe after maybe it's a little post draft uh, conversation, we'll have to get you back on the show if you if we haven't scared you off and uh, get your take on. Uh, on who Oakland selected. So B.D. Williams, man, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much for hanging out with us on the pod. And uh, until next time, man.
1: Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Thanks, man.
2: Thank you. Nation, once again, big shout out to BD Williams over there at the Silverback Pride. Highly encourage you to go give him a follow. That is a worthy follower over there. Get a lot of great content, a lot of good insight. He puts a lot of time and energy into that, and it shows. It shows he comes out with, he puts out a good product. So we appreciate his time once again on the podcast. Um, you know, I thought it was interesting, uh, uh, you know, his talk on Josh Allen kind of seemed to kind of reiterate some of the things we've talked about here on this pod as far as being athletic, um and the fact that this, you know, there are, are a lot of players in this draft that can get after the quarterback. And, you know, we posted that poll this week. I mentioned it. You know, Oakland maybe going two defensive ends. I, I at this at this point in time, I hope it happens because we do not have a lot of defensive ends on the on the roster, obviously. So and I
0: had never heard of that Nelson guy from where was he from? I don't uh, remember.
1: But Oh, Anthony Iowa. Nelson. Yeah, from, from Iowa. Iowa. Yeah, yeah I'm, gonna, I'm of... telling you
2: right now, man, I'm going to go check him out. I guarantee you. I'm going to have to so, do the same. Yeah, that's why we have these guests on the podcast, because, you know, everybody brings just a little bit of a different angle, a little bit different insight, and, and we love being able to share that, not only for ourselves, because I'm learning new stuff every day, but to the rest of Raider Nation, to all the people that listen to this podcast, which are many... We looked at our numbers this week, and Tyler, without giving anything away, I'm pretty jacked, man, to see what we're coming up with and what we're putting out. So I don't mean to brag, but I guess you could say it's a humble brag. Um, it is a as, humble brag, and as that's I sit okay. Here, yeah, Nobody I, um, else
0: brags for us, so we gotta, right. we got to tark ourselves up.
2: That's right. That's right. Because, you know, in my own mind, I'm pretty special. So, <laughs> anywho. You are
0: special, Micah.
2: <laughs> All right, Tyler. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of which, you know, have you ever uh, – I'm going to go off the beaten path, kind of like what we did uh, with oh, women, but Women. Oh, great. Raider Nation, have you ever gotten we a,
0: love going off the beaten path with Micah. At least well, to, now, uh, you, you know me. I keep it football. And, I okay. keep it
2: football. But in this instance, have you ever gotten – this, this kind of hit me today – I never asked you this. Have you ever gotten a pedicure before, Tyler?
0: How does that have anything to do with football?
2: I'm just—I'm straight up asking you right now. Have you gotten a no, pedicure no? I've
0: before? never gotten a pedicure. That,
2: see now that's a crying shame because here's the deal. I just said I set up a date day with my wife. We have a child. We got a, another little one on the way at the end of the summertime. And well, I, I told congratulations. We to, yeah, well, thank you. I was like, you know what? We need to get out. We need to spend an afternoon. Um, and, and go out and just, just take some time to ourselves, go do a little shopping, grab some food. And, and, uh, for, for those of you who haven't getting pedic- a pedicure is actually the bomb. And <laughs> I've had several myself. I usually get about two a year with my wife. Now, obviously I don't go in for like the whole nail painting and anything, but man, they clean your feet up. They give you a nice massage. You sit in a massage chair and 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 you get your feet in like hot water you do like wax rubs and stuff like that man it is fantastic i leave there my feet are feeling great fantastic rejuvenated i'm serious man i know everybody's like oh no that's like a girly thing right no it's not like don't get your nails painted all right that's taking it too far but just to go sit and like basically it's a massage Everybody gets massage. Well, not everybody gets massages, I guess. But it's basically a massage for your feet. And and you sit in this foxy, foxy massage chair. If you've never saw, sat in a full-body massage chair, you're missing out. I'm telling you. And if you have never gotten a pedicure, you're missing out too. So that's part of our date day. A little insight into my life is, uh, is uh, pedicures with the wifey. And if you haven't done so, man, if your wife has ever been like, hey – You should come get a pedicure with me. Don't think of it as oh, I'm I'm not gonna go get my you know my nails painted. No, 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 no. That's nothing. Just it's basically a massage. Go get it done. Let her get her nails painted. But just go get. I mean, does a foot does a foot massage sound good to you, Tyler? I hate straight up.
0: No, I hate what when people touch my feet.
2: Okay, my feet are
0: super ticklish. Okay. Uh, I have been known to kick people in the face <laughs> when they do try to touch my feet. And it's not on purpose. It is just a natural reaction to... Well,
2: if you're not like Tyler then, ticklish. if you don't have t- ticklish feet, if you've got ugly trout feet like I have, they need some help a couple times a year. So I am more than willing to go in, spend I'm that time with I'm not saying I have life. pretty
0: feet. I'm just saying they're super ticklish, so they're going to okay. stay ugly trout feet.
2: Anywho, that's that. That I just I wanted to get that out there. Um, I don't know why. I just kind of hit me, and I just thought, well, you know what? Am I the only guy out here that maybe does this? I don't know. Are there other dudes that go out there and 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 will go get you know pedic pedis with their wife? And again, I'm not talking about getting your nails painted. I'm just and when you break it down, it's just basically a really fancy foot massage, foot and calf massage. And so I dig it. I dig it. So don't be afraid, Raider Nation. If, if you're if you're looking for a fun little afternoon jaunt, you know, with with your significant other, go get yourself a pedicure, man. Do yourself a favor. I'm just telling you, it's 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 good fun. So anyhow, back to football, Tyler. If I'm allowed to return to football after after that, um, I
0: don't know, man. It's pretty questionable. <laughs> pretty questionable
2: oh man but we that was a great interview I'm excited yes, I'm more was. hyped now for the draft after that just talking about defense um I think he had a good point as well about I don't think we've done enough on defense to be you know competitive especially with just the rest of our division you know you're talking Patrick Mahomes you're talking you know uh uh uh, uh Philip Rivers you know I mean I, I'm not really Joe Flacco to me isn't a huge threat but with our defense Pretty much everybody is a threat, unfortunately. So, Oakland's going to need to really step up their game for what they're going to do in the draft, and it's going to we got to be pretty heavy, and we're going to have to hit home runs if we're wanting to, uh, you know. And that goes without saying, but we they're really going to have to hit some home runs with at least three out of those four picks in that in, the, in our top four picks, especially on the defensive side. Uh, because I agree, when you put it that way, have we done enough on defense in the off season to make us contenders? Uh, you know, I don't, you know, jo- I like Joiner. I think that's a solid pickup. I like perfect You know, I think that's another solid pickup, but uh, uh, you know, the bane of our I like, existence. I Sorry,
0: like go- Brandon Marshall. I think he's yep. a solid pickup as well, who does cover pretty darn well.
2: Right. And that's true. And, you know, that's somebody we didn't touch on, you know, that kind of, you know, that's been a recent signing. So that flew under the radar. We need to touch on that a little more in the next podcast for sure. But, um, uh, you know, have we done enough on defense? And you know what? When you look at it, yeah, I think we've improved in some areas for sure. I think our defense will be better. Uh, but I don't see it, you know. Where did we end the year? I think last year we ended like 27th in the league or something like that in total defense. We might go from with what we've got on the on the field now as far as talent, we might go from 27th to maybe you know 18th or 19th. But I don't think it's anything like you know mind bending where it's like we're a top 10 or even a top 12 defense now. I just don't think we've done enough, and and that remains. When you to be go seen. into the
0: season, well, when you go into right now with two defensive ends right uh, on your roster that they can't play the whole game. We right. need a little bit of depth there. I don't know what they have in mind to address that. If they're going like all defensive ends in the draft, I, right. I don't know. They you, you might almost
2: could too. You, you could you could pick could. up a lot of players in the first round as far as with one, not saying they do it, but with the four, the 24th to twenty seventh, you can get a lot of big name players at the defensive end position yeah, with those. You picks. could, I think,
0: so. uh, I, Jalen Ferguson may be there yep. uh, in the second round. Uh, definitely O'Shane Jimenez will probably be there in the second round. I've seen yep. him creeping up into the first round, but I mean, I, we got to trust the process, right? They've right. brought in right. Antonio Brown. They've brought in Trent Brown. They've brought in Joyner. They brought in Marshall. They brought in perfect They brought in uh, Tyrell Williams, J.J. Nelson, uh, the uh, Ryan Grant, the wide receiver that they signed today, um, so a lot of offense stuff. A few defensive players brought Eric Harris back, of course, and uh, I don't know. I- I'm kind of with you though. I don't see it being. It's tough going into the season with two defensive ends and hoping that you grab. Th- I don't know three defensive ends in the right. in the draft or you know, hoping for cap, uh, camp casualties, cap cuts, things like that. I mean, you've got to have more than four DNs, I would think.
2: Right. Well, and we, you know, we kind of saw how that worked out for Oakland last year. You know, we they were, they picked up a bunch of kind of, you know, plug and play players, but they, you know, it wasn't anything like, oh, they really stole this guy or that guy. I mean, it was I mean, we saw a lot of them, you know, we saw a couple of them at least move on, you know, through as the season progressed. So, you know, it's I think I think it's becoming more and more of a realistic possibility and something that now I'm pulling for more is to go for two defensive ends in those first four picks that we have. And, you know, like you said, get a Ferguson, get a Jimenez along with with an Allen you know, pair them up. I still think, you know, I still like Ardent Key. I think him in a second year understanding, you know, letting the game slow down for him a little bit more. I think he can be a contributor. I'm not writing him off, but uh, I think, I mean, we need some young guys out of this draft that are going to be able to step in immediately and make an immediate impact if we want this defense to become, you know, if we want this team to become playoff contenders, because at the right. end of the day, you I mean, as much as an offensive oriented team you know, NFL. Yeah, you know, as 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 the NFL is becoming more offensive oriented, you still got to have defense. You still got to have you know that group of players that can step up and and you know get that big stop in the fourth quarter. Get that you know get that three and out. Stop a drive. You're gonna need a core group of guys like that. And as we saw you know almost week in and week out you know Oakland was in they were in a lot of games but that defense just could not you know for that final drive for those last two drives they could just they just couldn't keep the uh, you know the opposing team's offense you know from at least scoring 3 or you know oftentimes it was 7 and that just usually what was you know doomed them in the end so you know it's going to have to be addressed
0: another mid-round guy that may be uh, may be there uh, maybe mid-round is the, is the wrong round. I don't know. I don't know where people get that they're gonna be projected to be drafted, but the name Chase Winovich out of Michigan, um uh, yep. he that's another guy to look at too at the defensive end spot. And don't count out, I think you know, I think Raider Nation has forgotten about a man that was on our team and then on the practice squad and then on our team and then back on the practice squad. Then back on our team and then back on the practice squad. <laughs> And that is the Stormin' Mormon oh. from SUU, James Cowser.
2: Ooh my! Don't
0: write off James Cowser yet, ladies and gentlemen. He may be the secret weapon that uh, that we're holding holding back from sign. It's holding us back from signing future or defensive ends. Maybe he. The, we could call him the uh, the Mormon missile or something. I don't know. But there you go. Perhaps James Cowser plays a bigger role this year in the defense. I don't know, but I mean we've I got know. to do something to address. But that was just yep. a name. I was as I was sitting here listening to. You, I was like, we've forgotten about James Cowser, one of my favorite hustle grinder players yep. that there is. So
2: yeah, awesome. Awesome. Well, you know what? Like I said, we're t- three weeks tomorrow away from the draft. Live in Nashville, Tennessee, man. I'm, and we'll be excited. live.
0: You and I Ooh. and Birch. We're we're gonna finally get to hear the voice of Courtney Birch loud and in HD form. Ooh. And I am excited about that because I think we've decided to do a live episode um, of the draft. If I'm not mistaken.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think we should definitely do it. We'll we'll throw it down and uh, get Raider Nation to uh, jump on board and hang out with us as we, uh, I mean, shoot, man, we've got three picks in the first round. There's going to be a lot of action going on for, for Oakland. So, I mean, it won't be, it's not one of those, you know, after pick four, you know, the night's done there's there's gonna be plenty to watch and plenty to see go on and who knows i mean it's i've still got a feeling oakland's oakland may move around a little bit if their guy isn't there at four i wouldn't be surprised to see them maybe drop back a few spots trade out of that four round or that four pick maybe back to an eight or a nine or something like that wouldn't surprise me wouldn't surprise me all that to say so well raider nation uh, I, you know, before I wrap it up, Tyler, do you have anything else? I mean, guys, this is unscripted. We, I mean, there's a little bit of a script because we don't want to, you know, come off as complete morons. I mean, we're we're enough Just morons a bit as a it moron. is. Yeah, right. Yeah. We don't need to – we don't want to totally come off as that. But, Tyler, you got anything else for Raider Nation before we wrap it up? Now, I
0: don't want to steal this from Mr. Naaman Jackson, who was on our episode last week, but uh, they're, they are putting – Steel trusses up um, on one part of the that will be the roof in Las Vegas on the stadium. That happened uh, today. They were putting up some trusses which will add 30 to 40 feet in height to the bowl that is already there. So nice. the roof will be going on here shortly. And like I said, I'm not trying to steal that from Naaman, but that was. A pretty cool um, thing to watch. There was a video on it today, and uh, those cranes are just massive, putting up those giant steel trusses. So, it, it I'm getting excited. I'm getting yeah. like pretty, pretty pumped to to go there, watch some games, and, and yeah. uh, enjoy some. It's excited to see
2: this thing start going up. You know, it's it's getting big, and that's that's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool thing to see. You know, we're getting there um i mean it's happening i mean it's happening we're like you said that that kind of developed today too they were putting together the the um the cranes and you could kind of see that whole thing start uh, getting extended so that's awesome that that I, I am jacked so anywho raider nation once again thank you so much for hanging out with us at this uh, this episode of the behind the eyepatch podcast we appreciate the support and we will catch you in the next episode Just win, baby!